Next time on a very spooky fine dining podcast, the season one finale, TGI Fridays the 13th. Oh, you betcha. Pineapple's gonna hit the fan as Michael's son, Juicy, or in this episode, Juice son, Voorhees, <laughs> goes on a murderous rampage and no one is safe. It gets real spooky, it gets real bloody, and not everyone's gonna make it to the end of the episode. Who will live, who will die? Listen to Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, break down a trip to TGI Fridays based on the atmosphere, the service, and the food, and try not to be scared to death. Hear the thrilling finale of Fine Dining, Wednesday, October 25th, wherever you get your podcasts. This week, I've gone on strike from not having an opinion. So grab your placards and join me on the picket line that is my radio station. I'm Harriet Langley Swindon, and this is Non-Censored. As usual, I am joined by my faithful producer, Martin, who this week has been producing from home in Birkenstead due to those dreadful strikes. But we've still had fun, haven't we, Martin? Oh, yes, it's been it's been so much fun uh, being able to sort of have the dog in the room and, uh, of course, get all the work done at the same time. <laughs> Absolutely wonderful. And, and, and sometimes it really does help one's relationships not to actually see one's face uh, in real life. Uh, but it, it's been a great week. We've got some wonderful highlights to share with our listeners. But there were some things we just didn't have room to include. We had a relationship expert Tracy Cox in the studio talking to us about Rupert Murdoch, who I think we can all say is the number one bachelor. Now it looks like Jerry Hall is going to be divorcing him. What do you think's next for, for, for Rupert Murdoch, uh, Martin? Who could he get with? Well, he, he's he's very eligible, certainly from a financial uh, point of view, and <laughs> he's got a lot of power. So who knows? Whoever it is uh, is probably going to be a very... Um, uh, Lucky, lucky lady. <laughs> I mean, the Queen is now single, so that's that's something. Well, that's that. Yes, I mean, there's there's a lot of eligible ladies out there, and I suppose the Queen would be number one on the top of that list. Thursday marked the sixth year anniversary of the Brexit vote. We had a little party in the studio. And Martin was there on Zoom. Uh, we had some good British fish and chips and ramrod straight banana splits. It was. It was really wonderful. We we looked over at all the wonderful things Brexit had achieved and done for us, and we had a little dance. Even even you didn't, you Martin? Um, I did. I had a little move around. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't something that I was celebrating per se, but it's always nice to see a bit of frivolity in the room. Anyway, we were delighted once again to be joined by the Prime Minister himself, Boris Johnson. Um, me and him, we we go way back. We're very good friends. He, we 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 caught up with him on the on the strikes, the war in Ukraine, uh, and his recent sinus operation. First, I must ask, how are you feeling after your sinus operation? Oh, you know, I it was it was very serious. I, you know, at one point I did think I was staring down the the, the barrel, uh, you know, a big snotty barrel. Uh, but uh, but uh, uh, luckily uh, I'm okay, and the, the good people of uh, my my private 
health uh, 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 insurance sorted me out. Uh, I, I feel I'm feeling uh, you're ready, right as rain, stiff upper lip, and all that. In uh, and you know, and and, and I, 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 I think it's important to remember uh, that there is a war in Ukraine going on, and uh, you know, that, and I think that is important that I mention that at this point. Yes, that's very important, very relevant, uh, may I say. Uh, but but also. Mm. Sinus problems does seem to be a feature of, of government at the moment. There's a few people who suffer from it. I think Michael Gove um, also. I mean, I don't know if you've little support group going on for people with yes. sinus issues. I know. I, he, he once came out of the toilets with his nose bleeding. I, I don't oh, know. He must have yeah. really, really struggled with it with it that night. I, I Hopefully he will get it sorted out, you know, because he's a good... He's a, I don't know if he's a good chap, but he's, he's, he is Michael Good. I mean, there's lots to get through. I, I'm conscious that you don't have much time. No, no. This this Friday, you were going off to, to have tea with Prince Charles in sunny Rwanda. Yes. Now, now on the government's Rwandan policy, you, you've said that people need to keep an open mind. And mm-hmm. are, are you going to try and, and say this to Charles, who, who quite publicly it said is not a fan of the Rwandan policy? Do you think you can charm him over a cup of tea? You know, I, I, I'm gonna, I'll say to Charles, and he's, he's, he, I tell you what, he's a very good, he's a good friend of mine now, and he, 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 he sends me memes. He sends me little memes. Some, That's slightly it. Offensive. Some of them are slightly offensive. But, you know, you have to move with the time. You know, he's an older chap and, and you, you know, everyone has to evolve. The line was different back then. Uh, but he's a very good man. And I know that once we, once we sit out there in Rwanda and he sees the beautiful trees uh, and I show him some of the history of Rwanda and the weather's, the weather's lovely there. It really is. Uh, uh, so I, I'm sure that he'll come round and, and realise that it, it's a much better place to live than the UK anyway. Yes, yes, it's so sunny. This is this is what I say. There's all this yes. controversy about it, you know, human rights record and Kagame <laughs> forcing, not letting journalist reports really going on. You go, yes, but they've got great weather. And 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 what I will add on that is all of that 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 stuff that you said is terrible. But what I do is uh, is ignore it. I think I think that's a really I think that's a wonderful way of dealing with anything. And mm. um, I mean, the thing with Prince Charles is he's got this great combination of being wokey and ineffectual, which is what you want from and an a laugh. advisor. <laughs> and a laugh, advisor. Oh, jolly good laugh. Yes, an on, an on sense of humour. Can I remind you that there is a war in Ukraine going on at the moment? And, uh, and and when I was over there, they 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 all go, Boris, you're doing a great job, and and uh, I I think you should have more than one wife, and and I, I say oh, I do. Uh, no, but as a joke, as a joke, but they that they're a laugh out there as well. Uh, but the, but I, well, I tell you, when I was over there, they're big fans of mine, and uh, and I, and I think it's a shame that some of the UK don't listen to some of those Ukrainians who are going through war. I would like to remind you uh, to, to to you know sort of keep their spirits up and stop stop stop. Stop complaining all the time. You know? Yes. Talking about riding, we must address the rail strikes. Uh, you've talked Ugh. about them being unnecessary and a terrible idea. Ugh. If you had to, Prime Minister, sit down in an interview with Mick Lynch, yes. what would you say to him? I'd, I'd say to him, listen, if they want more money, uh, go, and get a di- go and get a different job. Uh, if, you, if, if that doesn't work, perhaps you can ask a, 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 a handsome man that you, you might be having a bit of how's your father with if he can get you a, a job at the foreign office but i i i, I really think you know i mean the main thing i'd say to him uh harriet is there is a war in ukraine going on yes. and if the if it wasn't for these rail strikes then perhaps uh 
uh, perhaps Putin wouldn't wouldn't want to 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 take over Ukraine. So, so sorry, just to to clarify, Prime Minister, you're saying that the the rail strikes are directly contributing to the war in Ukraine. Well, well, it's obvious, isn't it? You know, you not think that that is. Like, I think even Mick Lynch I, himself I feel, would agree with that. Yes, I feel that's something I don't. I don't need to um, clarify or, or get any any facts with you from. I think you've you've cleared that up wonderfully. Look, now, people, one final people, question: People can look up the facts if they want to, Harriet. They you know, can, but, uh, and, and uh, but, people don't need to look up the facts, no. really, do they? They can just go no. with what we're saying. Oh, one, one final question, uh, Prime Minister. Um, now, I feel so reluctant, well. reluctant yeah. about uh, asking about this, but. I would not, and I'm sure you respect this, Prime Minister, I would not be doing my due diligence as a journalist if I didn't ask what you say about the reports that were in The Times that's now been deleted that claimed you tried to hire your now wife, Carrie, as Chief of Staff when you were Foreign Secretary. Right, well... And if you broadcast any of that, I will sue you. Harriet, and you know I will. It's yeah. been a pleasure, as always. Keep looking after your nose and keep winning the war in Ukraine. Yeah, no, thank, thank you, Harriet. Good, good to see you. Just a quick note. Um, that interview did have to be uh, somewhat redacted and edited down, so it won't be going out in full as uh, as we would usually do. Uh, nothing untoward, just perfectly normal. <laughs> just uh, just had a little conversation with Carrie and, and she said there are a few things that needed to be taken out. We had Ishan Akbar back in the studio. Now, you may remember last week, he had a wonderful, innovative idea on how to deal with the strikes of using rickshaws. If, if you didn't hear it, do check it out. It's on our last week's episode. But this week... He talked about the character of Mick Lynch and we really, really got to the bottom of just why these straight-talking individuals should not be allowed on TV. Welcome back for a hot and spicy takeaway of the week with our guest Ishan Akbar. Ishan, how are you today? I'm very well, Harriet. How are you? I'm wonderful, wonderful. I mean, obviously, it's been a bit tricky with the strikes, um, getting into work. I managed it. Uh, I, I had to, um, once again, use Martin's Uber Uber service. Um, but Martin's oh, been stuck at home the all week. No, I, I thought about it, but I, I can't be dealing with that in the morning. Just the, those tunes. They don't play my kind of music. Okay, well, fair enough. I mean, I'm sure you could request for the music to be changed, just as I have often requested for the name of this feature to be changed. That might be nice. Yes, I, I once again, I, I don't really understand what your issue is with the, the name of this feature. Anyway, let's get down to business. What is your hot and spicy takeaway of the week? Well, it's a very interesting, Harry, that you mentioned the rail strikes because the man seemed to be at the forefront of the rail strikes, a certain Mick Lynch or Michael Lynch, as he's known on Facebook, has been commended across various parts of the media and the general public, and by general public I mean Twitter, for his straight-talking directness in challenging politicians and other media personalities, and everyone's lauding the way he speaks. Now, my hot and spicy takeaway of the week is this. If all of politics was like this, it would be boring. Politics survives on the fact that no one is telling the truth, 
no one means what they say. This whole industry is predicated on lies, and we cannot have more Mick Lynches around the political sphere just talking sense, because frankly, it would ruin all of our careers. That's a very interesting, interesting take there. I mean, I, I don't know if I agree with you about people lying, and I don't think people do that in the media or, or, or our politicians. I mean, no one really sort of springs to mind. Okay, I mean, um, Harry. I mean, you, I mean, let's just say, I mean, you know, uh, you're you're slightly <laughs> economical with the truth, and I think that that's what makes you so entertaining. I think we all enjoy you for that reason. Well, I, well thank you for saying I'm entertaining, Ishan. I I don't think I'm economical with the truth. I think I just share the bits that I, the public need to know about, and the bits that don't, I just sort of get Martin to edit out afterwards. Yes, absolutely. Uh, never knowingly overtold. That's that's the, the little uh, little joke that I have. That's a copyright infringement, isn't it? Surely. Oh. Well, I mean I, I don't say it out loud. It's not it's not printed. It's just Martin, we can't I mean, get I'll, sued I'll, again. I'll edit myself out. I mean, producer Martin, would you say you're a straight talker? Uh, yes, yeah. I I I'd like to think that I am as often as I can be. Well, okay, Martin. If if you're if you're a straight talker, tell me some things you don't like about me. Oh well, um, and so don't mention I, my race. What? N- no, I mean, I would, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mention, I wouldn't mention your race because that's not a. Why? Why wouldn't you mention my race? Well, it's not 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 something that I I don't like. It's not. I don't. You know, I don't. It doesn't occur to me that that would be a reason not to like you. I mean, some, if, if if I had to start somewhere, I'd say that maybe you use some. Fruity language when talking so about me. So you are me. saying there's something the, you don't like about me. Well, I mean, it's it's also an important feature in in, in the broadcast journalism fields to be able to say uh, uncomfortable truths and, and speak your personal uh, truth sometimes. And if you are really someone who regards themselves as part of the liberal elite, is straight talking really LGBTQ friendly? I don't think so. No, a very good point. Very good point. I'm a diversity correspondent. I notice this stuff. If you're constantly straight talking, I feel like you're excluding a large, large group of people, actually. Yes, 100%. <laughs> Producer Martin, what do, you, what, do you, what do you make of this? You've been very well, I, quiet. I, 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 yeah, no, I am. I mean, I, I tend to feel that... Um, I suppose we would have less to talk about if everyone was more straight talking, but perhaps the world would be a better place. Oh, for goodness sake, Martin. I mean, the world world is the way it is. Someone talking is not going to change the winds of climate change or economic inequality. You know, just have fun for the time you're here on this rapidly... Fireball ball of gas that we're sat on. I would I would argue that some that people's actions aren't necessarily going to make the world better. So Absolutely. just d- don't do any of that. Just so no actions and no words. Yes, exactly. And no and I think nothing. I think that should be the Tory manifesto. No actions, no words. Lots of fun. Now, earlier in the week, there was an incredibly upsetting story in the Daily Mail that claimed builders have gone woke. Well, we talked to Tom, a wokey builder, and it was a hell of an interview. 
Uh, I mean, I really put him in his place, don't I, Martin? Well, uh, I mean, uh, he was he was a really stand-up guy, I thought. Um, stand-up? He, he could barely stand up. He was a quivering wreck. He couldn't <laughs> cope with my line of questioning. He was so flustered. I, I mean, I, I felt bad for him. I felt bad for him. This has already racked up thousands of views on social media, oh, which I think indeed. shows that I won. I won that interview. I won. I won. I won those Wokies. They thought they were going in to to watch. They're like, oh, we don't we don't watch Harriet's show. Well, they did. They did. They came in like little little Wokey flies into my web, along with Tom, who was already flailing around. And um, I am the winner. a lot of people don't consider conversations to be something that you you win, but um, but you you certainly did give him a good talking to, and really just lovely bloke. Uh, we ended up uh, having a little chat afterwards, and um, has some really interesting uh, things to say. Just nice, nice guy. I think that says it all, Martin. Anyone who wants to have a little chat with you for for no reason. Um, anyway, let's take a listen. Hello, Tom. Welcome to the show. Hello, thanks for having Thank me. Thank you for calling in. You? I'm very good. I'm very good. Uh, bit I already already sensing a bit of wokeness. The fact that you asked me how I was, I think <laughs> I think I already know okay. what side of the debate you are on, Tom. Are you? Well, I mean, I'm just just nice to ask people how they are. You know, just okay. sort of normal. Okay, well, normal all right, Tom, don't get don't get don't get upset. Um, so, are you? Do you identify as a woke builder? Um, I'm, I'm a builder. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I work in, for a construction firm. Yeah, um, I, I, we don't use the word woke, but oh. um, but I can see you know it's being used a lot by by other people. It's you know I, I get it. I completely get it. And Tom, do you it's, tell us a bit about your life? Do you do you have a white van? Uh, well, I I don't have a my my firm um, drives a white van, right. um, and sometimes it's my job to drive it. It's it's not my it's van. Not, oh, so you're you're trying to distance yourself from the white van? There is that what's going on? Well, no, 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 no distance. Like you know, I'm, I'm off. You're to, like, you're like, you're like, no, it's, it's not my van. Things. I just get in it when I'm told, and otherwise, I have a little. What's the what's the car you have, producer Martin? One of those. Oh, it's a, a, a Prius. Yes, a little Prius. Oh, yeah, that's a nice car. Ah, nice oh, thank car. you. Yeah. Right, sir. It's quite fuel efficient, I find, and um, yeah, yeah, I got yeah, a very yeah, good price for it. Okay, right, let's have enough of that. So what I want to know, Tom, is I don't know if you've read this shocking survey, uh, which says that builders are now very woke. Uh, I think it, it talked about how uh, they they two-thirds shun fried breakfast and three-quarters shun, shun fried shun. breakfast. Okay. Three-quarters of tradesmen discuss their feelings with colleagues, yeah. and nearly yeah. half, Tom, nearly half, say they are history buffs. Right now, yeah, is this is this something you recognise? Well, I mean, I've I've read read about. I know what history oh, is. Know yeah. what history is. It's interesting to talk about sometimes. You know, it's one of the one of the subjects that exist in the world that you can just sort of share. You know, share some opinions on and talk about things you're interested in and. You know, ask people if they saw that programme or if they've read that book. You know, it's a nice... Sorry, sorry, Tom, can I stop you there? Tom, there's no need to get upset about it. I'm not trying to... I'm not. I'm just asking you some questions. I'm just just trying to find out what happened, Tom, to the good old-fashioned days where builders used to have their little lovely little pot bellies and their little fags and their little cans of beer 
and they used to appreciate the female form. Why can't we, why are we moving away from that? Why, why all this change? It's been about, Tom, 15 years, I reckon, since I got, last got whistled at by someone on a building site. And yeah, I, I so what is what is happening? What is what is happening? Why does everyone have to be a moosely eating yoga expert? Well, you don't have to be a, a, a yoga eating. Oh, you don't have to. Right? You know, so there's a, a choice here. Is that what you're no, saying? No, same way, you don't have to have a pot belly. You can you can be a builder and just sort of be. You can do whatever you like. You could be a, a, any shape or eat any food or read any book or, or be interested in anything. Or, it sounds like you have some quite quite out there ideas. And Tom, now listen, um, while, I've, while I've been um, talking to you, um, not producer Martin, uh, because he's, he's quite lame at these kind of things, but one of my runners what? has been looking and found you on Facebook, uh, Tom. Oh. And you know what they found? Right. Oh. I don't know. I don't know what my privacy settings are. Maybe I should sort those oh, out. Um, Everyone on your, should on... have a look at their privacy settings because you share all sorts yeah. that you're not aware of. And, yeah, it, Thank you, know, Martin. This is why you fail as a producer with, with comments like that. Oh. Tom, your Facebook profile is a picture of a dog with a silly hat. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my <laughs> that's dog. Oh, that's quite funny, actually. That's, uh, how, yeah, that's how, how old? Oh, sparkles. Oh. That, well, that picture was taken when um, when he was a little puppy, when he was wait, about so, six Wait, sorry, wait, wait, adorable. Hang on, so oh, you've called... No, no, uh, no, no, right, can we stop this, this loving, please? What are you trying to say? You trying to say that you're a good... You identify with a fluffy, sparkly... A sp- fluffy, sparkly dog who wears a silly hat? Just, Is that what you're trying to no, say? I'm just taking a funny picture of my dog. Taking yeah. a funny picture. You haven't just taken a funny picture. You put the picture on your profile. Picture. You're you're basically identifying yourself with a dog, a famously wokey animal who is. Yeah, but the hat the hat really suits him. Can you not see? It's a funny. He's picture. a good boy. He looks like a yeah, good boy. Yeah, is he a good boy? Oh, of course he's a good boy. Oh, that's great. But it looks charming. Yeah, it looks. It's so lovely. Have you got a dog? I do, yes. Um, oh, nice. <laughs> Lucy. Uh, oh, she's lovely. she's a little bit older now. She's eight, but uh, she's right. a lovely uh, black lab. Yeah. Oh, um, nice. Oh, well, they should meet. We should, I, we should walk them on. Martin, 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 these these kind of inputs are not not what I pay you for. Um, we've got some uh, we've got some uh, words from our listeners that we wanted to run past you. Um, oh yeah, Tom, that's all right. Um, yeah. It's just a simple yes or no. Um, okay. Uh, whether you think that these are acceptable things to talk about on a building site. Right. Okay, so um, first up, football. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that's acceptable to okay. talk about. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, ironing. Um, yeah, yeah, but, you know, it's, we don't talk about it as much, but it would be, mm. it'd be a nice, fresh new topic. Yeah, I'd be happy okay. to talk okay. about the ironing. S- sausages. Yeah, happy to talk about sausages on the building site. Tom, just... Tom. Tom, I'm going to have to stop yeah. this because you're getting too upset, and I can't. I, I, I. It, it feels it, no. You're, you're very upset, and I feel uncomfortable. I feel I'm uncomfortable, really and, and I think, happy, happy wow, Tom, stop pushing this. Questions. Stop pushing this, Tom. Now, this week we also had an interview with a woman. Now, call me old-fashioned, Martin. You're old-fashioned. <laughs> 
Thanks, Martin. Sorry, was just but I look at the great Margaret Thatcher, who did a lot for women, but realised to do that, you, you have to make sure other women aren't around spoiling it. So it was it was a bit risky for me to to get our guest in, who is a woman. Uh, I am talking, of course, about Nell Frizzell, the the journalist and writer, podcaster, and wokey mother. Nell Frizzell is a journalist, author, and in case you somehow missed her prattling on about it in her debut book and associated podcast, The Panic Years, a relatively new mother. She writes for The Guardian, The Observer, and and all other of, um, well, some would describe rather sort of left-wing, mainstream media publications, as well as holding down her regular column in Vogue magazine, writing about motherhood under the title Bringing Up Baby. Nell, welcome to the show. Lovely to meet you, Harriet. Thank you for having me. Why do you hate the environment so much? Um, Well, I suppose I would argue that someone like me who has concerns about the environment actually cares a little more than certain members of the right-wing press who want to continue the kind of lifestyle they've become accustomed to, whether it kills everyone else or not. Do you know I like that? It's very very provocative because I was being provocative because I, of course, don't care about the environment. So I, I like that we've already started a bit of banter. It, it's absolutely wonderful. Now, now I listened to some of the Panic Years, and uh, you, oh, thank you, begin, you so uh, much. Yes, it was it was a real experience. Um, you, you started by saying that your your late twenties, you were redundant and single, which which admittedly does sound dreadful. I mean, do you feel a responsibility uh, encouraging these people that they're all right and they shouldn't be deeply ashamed? I think a lot of women, and I'm sure you would agree with this, Harriet, look back at any period in their life and feel a mix of sort of shame and nostalgia and uh, a sense of maybe guilt or loss about the things that they did. I don't I mean, what were you doing in your late 20s? It's it's honestly hard to imagine you being that young. But yeah, what were you doing in your late 20s? Well, um, I I bought a house because I, unlike a lot of people in their 20s, didn't sort of fritter it away on things like Mm. coffee. And Netflix. Or face cream, obviously, I mean, you, you, not, not on cosmetics would... or anything like that, not exercise. Or, or... Face... Well, actually, no, 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 no. I mean, face cream is, is different, isn't it? Because that's quite important. It's important for a woman to to invest in, in, in things like that. Um, mm. But but do you think, I mean, that that's the problem today, that you've got these sort of 20-something-year-old women who just sort of, you know, have their avocados and their coffees mm. and and, as you sort of advocate, sort of, Fritter around from one job to the next, temping, Mm. not really helping anyone, are they? Well, I think, firstly, a lot of us don't eat avocado anymore because there is quite a lot of controversy about where they're produced and under what kind of circumstances. So that's quite a dated reference, actually, Harriet. But um, in terms of what the the challenges facing women in their late 20s, I think that, you know, we are at the moment living in the after effects of a recession. Lots of us graduated into that in about 2008. There's also a housing crisis. It's very hard for anyone, unless they have (laughs) a huge amount of privilege to um, actually get onto anything like a housing ladder. There's also the question of, you know, fertility, childbearing, uh, contraception. Women are expected to be the ones who sort of carry in their lap the responsibility of whether or not they get pregnant, despite the fact that, you know, the men that they might be sexually involved with take no responsibility for 
whether they get someone pregnant or not. And so I think when I got to about 28, I realized that I was in this sort of nexus, this locus of stresses where I wanted to get ahead in my career and I wanted to have a serious, I wanted to have a serious career where I was taken quite seriously and thought well of by my peers. But I also wanted to be a parent. I knew I wanted to have a family. I wanted to experience that physically. I wanted to go through the kind of transformation of pregnancy. But in my late 20s, it was very hard to meet someone I'm, who... I'm sorry now, I'm going to stop you because you, you've covered a... You've Well, you've also you've covered a number of points here. I mean, one... There's a bit of men blaming going on here, isn't there? I mean, Martin, hmm. sorry, um, producer Martin is yes, the, yes. the male in, in the room here. Hmm. I mean, do you do you feel this? Are you feeling attacked by Nell's words about men, about men not taking responsibility? Well, as as a man, uh, I often feel attacked. Yes. But I, I don't know if that's really down to Nell. I mean, I, I think, you know, each, each to their own, just li- live and let live as the... Uh, the great mm. Paul McCartney, I think, once said. I, it's just, I mean, maybe producer Martin's not the best example because, as, as a man, he's quite a sort of a uh, weak, weak one mm. um, in, well, in body I and mean, in mind. Um, I I just but, like to leave, now, leave room for other people to thrive. I think don't want to take up too much but, room. Well, thank you, Martin. Um, but but now, do you feel you're sort of letting women off the hook here? I mean, it's it's our ovaries, men. They can't control themselves. They just see sex, sex, sex. That's all they see. That's all they think about. We women, you know, we've got we've got to think about other things, haven't we? So we've got to be more prepared. We can't blame these men if they're throwing around their semen, you know, here and there. Uh, I, they're just well, doing what men do. Throwing it around was never quite what I was looking for in a sort of sexual or romantic relationship. Um, that's more of a sort of simian relationship I think you're thinking of. Um, I you don't, have to I think... sort of trick them, don't you? That's how you, you with these men, right. you have to go, because they're there, you know, throwing the little willies about, and you have to say, look, you, you basically need to sort of trick them in into marriage. I mean, you know, in a nice way, but that's what I did with my husband, Jonathan. You know, he, right. wasn't, he, wasn't, going to, he wasn't going to marry me, and I, I withheld sex for a long time, and then I, you know, did a spot of blackmail. You, you have to do yeah. what you have to do. We have to take the lead here as as women in the in these matters because that's that's what we were that's what we were built for, right? I can imagine it would be quite a relief for Jonathan actually for you to withhold sex, um, but I I never found that particularly satisfying on my part because I've always had a very high libido and I was very interested in having um, you know a fulfilling, uh, not to say ambitious sex life, and I did have. You know, while I was looking for a partner, I was also looking for someone who could meet me physically as an equal and intellectually as an equal and maybe even financially as an equal. Um, and so I think. Distasteful, distasteful. I, I imagine. Yeah, it's well, it's quite upsetting. Mm. I mean, how did you yeah. nail down, if you don't mind me asking, it's a bit of a personal question, but how did you nail down your your man? You're very well within your uh, rights to ask. We met through work. We were um, working for a refugee organisation, and um, which I know is something that you probably have your own views about. Um, and we, I would say, fell in love very quickly, if not instantly. And so while we really wanted to be with each other, 
there were sort of outside systematic obstacles to both of us coming together in a way that was fulfilling. You know, he was changing job. I was trying to look after my career, but I also wanted to have a baby. And that was very difficult. And in the end, what can you do other than... Give up your career. Compromise. Oh, compromise, Right. Yes. This brings us quite uh, nicely onto uh, a little section of the show that uh, we, we put together for you now. Um, it's a little section that I like to call um, Good Mum, Bad Mum. Okay, so um, I'm just going gonna, gonna to mention a few famous children from history and, uh, and we want to know whether you think uh, their mum did a good job or a bad job. Okay. Okay, and no dad. There's no good dad. Bad it's just dad. good mum, bad mum. Well, just that's a bit not of fun. relevant. Just, not relevant. Just not relevant. Right, right. The, the men, are, you know, okay. bringing home the bacon, doing being strong role model, male role models. Yeah. And the genet- the sort of genetic role of men, and the caring role of men is something you're not going to explore. Well, you know well, that it's just not the primary role, is it? Okay. Well, okay. well let's yeah. let's just let's just see how we get on. Okay, so I'll I'll throw a yeah. throw a name at you and you just give me just whatever you think. Okay, so <clears throat> um Annie. Annie the orphan. Annie the orphan, yes. Good mum, bad mum. Um I mean absent mum, I think I would say. Absent mum, correct. Uh, dead mum. Yes. Absent mum. Dead mum. Well dead mum. But she did have a mum. It's just I mean, did did Annie turn out well? We were we happy with Um So you could say bad the, mum. Well, the, did singer. the orphan Annie go on to become, yeah, Annie Lennox? Is that, am I right? It's the same person. <gasps> I, I'm not sure it I followed could, it the, could the be, sequel. But... It could be the same, very, a very, the same person. Yeah, very good singer, forthright, ambitious woman. You know, so if, if orphan Annie is, much, as I think, much. Annie Lennox, then, yeah. I mean, I'm, I, she is the product of her circumstance and what a talent she brought into the world. So good mum, good mum. Great. Okay. Um, next up, uh, Bugsy Malone. Right. But gosh, um, you're really testing my m- knowledge of sort of late seventies musicals here. Um, Bugsy Malone is a child gangster. Am I right in thinking? He, yeah, he was. Very he was. He's gangster. no longer with us, unfortunately. But... No longer with us. Okay. Um, I think the challenges that push young people, particularly young boys, into um, sort of criminology are really complex and really unfortunate and probably due to economic inequality in this country, um, the sort of toxic masculinity that pushes boys into performing their malehood in a particular circumscribed way um, that doesn't allow them to maybe... Uh, explore their nurturing side. They are maybe prohibited from accessing education, things like that. So, um, yeah, I would say I wouldn't blame the mother of a child criminal. I would probably ask where, as a society, our support, focus and investment is going that those people slip through the net. And yet, on the other hand, I I think he stated himself, uh, he could have been anything that he wanted to be with all the talent right. he had. So um, hard to blame the mother So I think that's a bad, bad mum well. situation. And also, you know, I'm, I'm of the old-fashioned view that it's the, the mother's job to keep the children out of crime, not the state. Not the state. Is that uh, why you my, haven't had children? Because you're worried that you wouldn't be able to keep them out of crime? 
no, Nell, that's very silly. I haven't had children for, for many reasons. Uh, I just think I've got a lot to do. I don't really have time. I mean, and also, I'm a wonderful aunt. I mean, so you may not know this, but producer Martin you say is aunt? my brother Sorry, I... Ah, okay. Yes, aunt. aunt. Uh, wonderful aunt. Right. So producer Martin is my brother-in-law. He's married to my sister. And they have... Um, how many children do you have, Martin? We have two. Six, five? Two children two, and a dog. I'm a, yes. oh, that's a dog. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, I go around there. I sort of bestow them with gifts. And I've done my job, you know? So you you would say you wouldn't be described as a, a quote-unquote miserable aunt, as it were? Definitely not. Definitely mm, not. You, I the of, papers write you know, some have terrible such things. Fun. But... Yeah. Well, absolutely. I've seen that the papers the papers misspell aunt an awful lot when they are writing about you. It's that you? first that first letter, isn't that it? That first letter sometimes goes awry, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, we just have a couple it more. Keeps a couple more. I don't know why. I know we I know we pushed for time, so I just really wanted to get an answer for this this last one here. Um, it, we're moving away from uh, good mum, bad mum, and uh, I just wanted to know, Nell, um, your opinion on the world's number one mum. And we've got three choices here. Um, so okay. just would be good to hear what you think. So first up, the Virgin Mary. Okay. Okay. Uh, yep. Second up, the Queen Mum. Mm. I think we can all agree that she, she was a very good mum. This is very tricky. And, and third, the Queen. Oh, right. Oh, this is a hard one, Nell. I'll be interested to see what you, what you say. Who's right. the better mum? I, I suppose... You know, it, it's maybe predictable, but I would probably put my vote towards the Middle Eastern refugee, you know, living in something close to poverty who's displaced by a, um unfair government who has to raise her child to greatness despite the sort of obstacles put in place by an authority that she has very little power to combat. So the Virgin Mary, I suppose. It's very similar to the uh, to the to the storyline of Paddington, really, isn't it? Uh, yes, is it? Never really. It's very modern that, but... interpretation of of the Virgin Mary. I think I think the Queen. I think the Queen. That's what I'm saying. I'm going with the Queen. I think Virgin Mary did you know did a good job, but but for me it's it is always going to be the Queen. It's always going to always. be always. Yeah, yeah. All her children, always. you think, have oh, turned yes. out well. Wonderful. Yeah. No, um, it, it's almost a time for you to, to leave us and carry on sort of being a mother and doing your little writing. Um, so so we're going to end with, with one last question, which was you've also mm. written several articles on wild swimming. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to know, how do you feel about that sort of trespassing on private property and, you know, getting getting naked on someone else's land? I mean, what, 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 if, a, what if a child saw you or... Or even worse, a, a senior politician. I mean, you could you could endanger their career. Right. right. <clears throat> I suppose that you know I swim a lot in the Thames, um, which is getting sort of polluted terribly by uh, Thames water. Lots of uh, you know leakages and um, pumping out of raw sewage. And I suppose I would say that you know, as someone who works in the media and gets the pleasure to talk to people like you fairly regularly. Um, it's good training in swimming through shit, I suppose. Oh, oh wonderful. What, what a lovely note to end on. It's been a pleasure. And I think... It's been an absolute pleasure. Book, Thank you so much, Harriet. at some point? 
Yes, my first novel is out in July. And then um, I've written a follow up to my nonfiction, The Panic Years, all about early motherhood, which, you know, maybe may, may be a little triggering for you, Harriet. But hopefully, um, you know, lots of people can draw um, comfort and reassurance from that. Well, that's it for this week. Great, wasn't it, Martin? Oh, I absolutely loved it. I thought it's uh, got to be in the top top five uh, podcasts that we've released. <laughs> I would say, and um, Martin, do your bit here. How important yes. it is that people subscribe and leave a review. Oh, absolutely, like and subscribe, like and subscribe, and leave a review and leave, leave a, a review. leave a lovely review. review. Yes, a nice one, not a. Helps more please. people find us and discover the truth. It does. It's kind and useful. Thanks to Rosie Holt, Brendan Murphy, Ishan Akbar, Luke Kempner, Joz Norris, Nell Frizzell and Ed Morish. We'll be back next week. See you then. Bye.